0: The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 27th college football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican
1: Grill kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Two weeks ago at the conclusion of Notre Dame's 33-20 upset loss at Louisville, the largest crowd in that stadium's history stormed the field in a massive celebration. Hugs, high fives, fist bumps, shrieks, and shouts of joy all against a backdrop of Cardinal Red. One week later, nearly to the minute, the scene repeated itself, except this time it was against a backdrop of blue, gold, and green. The same Notre Dame team that the week prior couldn't buy a block along the offensive line and couldn't make a play on defense stared the defending Heisman Trophy winner in the eye and proceeded to dominate and dismantle all night long. And when the winning was complete... A raucous, post-game, field-storming celebration commenced. In defeat and triumphant victory, Notre Dame football never fails to bring joy to someone. You see, you love Notre Dame. Or you love to beat Notre Dame. Everybody cares one way or the other. And that is Notre Dame football's superpower. Last Saturday was just another game at Notre Dame Stadium. The 50th anniversary of the great 1973 Notre Dame Championship team was celebrated. Joe Montana was in attendance, and all were greeted with thunderous ovations. Like I said, just another game. The point is, they really are all special. Oh, by the way, Montana almost bumped into me during the post-game frenzy. Fortunately for him, I suppose, the aura with which he walks probably protected him and I say that only partially in jest. He really does walk with an aura. And minutes after the Irish win, another scene I'll never forget, I encountered a 20-something fan literally in tears because she had just gotten a fist bump from a favorite Notre Dame player. That is one of a million examples I could come up with that demonstrate the depth of fighting Irish devotion and the power of the Notre Dame tradition. The Lady on the Dome, Rockne, Gip, Lou Jack, Father Hesberg, Era, Moose Kraus, Rudy, Montana, Holtz, Brady Quinn, and Manti Teo. Right through Father Jenkins, Jack Swarbrick, Marcus Freeman, and one-year wonder Sam Hartman. They and a thousand others have built, nurtured, and maintained one of the great traditions in all of sports. As Louisville fans two weeks ago and Notre Dame fans this past week storm the field in joyous celebration, the power of Notre Dame football's superpower, its omnipresent tradition was on full display. When Notre Dame wins, it matters. When Notre Dame loses, it matters. Notre Dame's omnipresent tradition is a treasure and what better time to contemplate that than during a bye week. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill, now with locations on Illinois, Leo, and DuPont Roads and in Georgetown Square. Guadalupe's food made fresh. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. It's the next generation of light beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview the University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work integrity and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field the professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger and Skiba like Notre Dame know the same dedication and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business tax planning, tax compliance, auditing business valuation and estate planning the full service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger and Skiba like the Irish has what it takes to help you achieve success located in fort wayne near jefferson point haynes eisenberger and skiba proudly supports notre dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports go irish
2: flight by yingling it's the next generation of light beer for those who don't follow trends but craft them Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. D J Yingling & Son Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly.
1: Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim I know it's a cliche, but... Man, what a difference a week makes. So how does Notre Dame turn in such a poor performance against Louisville and do a 180 a week later and dominate USC? This is why we love college football. That's the
0: only thing I can think of because I don't have an explanation. Well, I mean, the same way that Pittsburgh came back and, and ended up handling Louisville the, fi- the, 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 the in the second half of the following week. Uh, it, it's, it's just the nature of the game. It's a physical, mental, emotional game. And and teams uh, ride the roller coaster of it. And Notre Dame was—I mean, I think we knew Notre Dame would would bounce back and 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 put forth a strong effort. But the the game plan—I mean, I you know—I I, the game plan slash execution of L Golden's defense was just absolutely off the chart, phenomenal. When you consider the opponent was averaging almost fifty-two points a game, five hundred and twenty-five yards total offense per game, and, and Notre Dame blew it out of the water and their approach defensively was fantastic so I mean it started there the offense the one the great thing the offense did Phil was after each one of Caleb Williams three interceptions they scored a touchdown they didn't do a whole lot other than that but um, that in and of itself would have been enough to to win the game so you know just a just a great bounce back performance I, I think we all knew that Marcus Freeman would get his team ready it 's just too bad that the bye week hadn't come a week or two earlier when they could have you know kind of regroup for some of these tough games,
1: yeah, without a doubt, uh we thought they would bounce back, and the prediction here had been you know at the top of the show last week was that it's likely they will bounce back because that's kind of been the history of of uh Marcus Freeman. Uh, but what a beautiful night it was. And, and I want to dig a little bit more into that game plan that Al Golden came up with. And uh, you mentioned some of this. Caleb Williams, three interceptions, under 200 yards passing, not much rushing. He was sacked six times. You know, we learned, obviously, or Al Golden learned from last year, what exactly was Al Golden's game plan, and what was it that kept Williams under control?
0: It, it started. You had to get a strong pass rush with your your four down linemen. Now they threw in a fifth guy, and they did a great job of mixing it up. Uh, many times it was it was Jalen Sneed. Sometimes it was Maris Leafau. Sometimes it was J D. Bertram, But it started with that. And then the second level of the defense, the linebackers very well prepared for when Caleb Williams looked like he wanted to take off. The second level would break up and fill those pass rush lanes. And then on the back end, the job that Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison did, largely in man-to-man coverage, Cam Hart played a lot of off coverage. Benjamin Morrison played a lot of press coverage. And uh, that's why those two guys are going to play in the NFL, because they were... They were really good against, in my opinion, the deepest and most complete wide receiver core in the country. I said that before, and people will say Ohio State. We're talking about the complete receiving core. Ohio State has probably the best duo at the top. But, I mean, it, it took a complete team defense performance. You could tell as the game progressed the reaction of Caleb Williams to the various things that I, that I just mentioned to you. It was absolutely a, a, a brilliant performance by Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, Al Golden uh, really upped his stock to may not be back next year as, as partially as a result of that game because uh, he may be moving up the up the ladder again to a head coaching job uh, or back to the NFL. Tim, two really outstanding defensive individual performances in this game, and one has been talked about a lot, one not so much. So I'm going to mention J.D. Bertrand, just another terrific 11 tackles, sack, one and a half tackles for loss, quarterback hurry, and he's going to be really missed next year. He had a tremendous game, but we got to move on and talk about Xavier Watts, of course, Xavier started his career as a wide receiver, converted just about two years ago. Tim, his stat line last Saturday was pretty good. Seven tackles, two interceptions, forced fumble, fumble recovery for touchdown. Tim, we've speculated about his potential impact. Well, I think he has arrived. Some comments on Xavier Watts and the
0: value that he brings to that defense. He, he was absolutely incredible, Phil. And you know, I mean, let's be completely real here. A couple of these things, it was kind of providence. The first interception, it, well, it was it was it was providence, but it was also pressure up front that prompted Caleb Williams to overthrow uh, his tight end right into the hands of Xavier Watts. Xavier Watts was there for the scoop and score when Cam Hart knocked the ball loose. Uh, but you know, his confidence has grown. His knowledge of the defense has grown. The second interception also came, actually all three of them kind of came about because of the pressure up front. So it was a complete team effort, but Watts was all over the field. I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't prompt him to leave early. He still has some developing to do at the safety position, but it, it was, I, it it fit right. When you consider how well the, the game plan was, was uh, constructed and then how well it was executed it was only right that Notre Dame had a performance like that on the back end of it because uh, it was brilliant top to bottom. Xavier Watts, as good as any player in the country on the defensive side of the ball last Saturday.
1: Absolutely. I think he was Defensive Player of the Week uh, nationally. Howard Cross did that a couple of weeks ago. And you think about it, Howard Cross in the middle, Xavier Watts at safety, J.D. Bertrand at linebacker in the middle, that's a pretty solid middle to a defense. Another thing I wanted to mention real quick is now with three interceptions and a couple of fumble recoveries in that game, the Irish are leading the nation in fumbles forced And they are eighth overall in interceptions, so they are turning the ball over at a high rate. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball, Tim. A lot of chatter this week about the offense's failure to operate at a high level this week. Only 251 yards, 13 first downs. But, Tim, that doesn't tell the full story. Short fields, kickoff return, and a fumble return, that really changes things.
0: Don't you agree? Yeah, it's not Notre They didn't go into the game Saturday with a, a Notre Dame offense versus Notre defense. Which sometimes with Notre Dame fans, I think that that's kind of what it what it feels like. But it was we hear the term a lot now, complimentary football. Well, it indeed was that because obviously the defense was great. You had the scoop and score. You had the ninety nine yard kickoff return by Jadarian Price, and then like I said, with the offense, it was it was a very inconsistent offense. But when they had opportunities following interceptions, they capitalized on it. So it was a complete complimentary game. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of work to be done, though, Phil. That's four games in a row that Notre Dame has not reached the 400-yard mark in in total offense. And, I mean, I think that's reflective, first of all, uh, of those four games, Ohio State and Duke have top 10 defenses. Uh, Louisville did a great job with a defense that's in the top, I think, 35. USC's defense had not been very good. I thought they played very well, but you do get the sense that opposing defenses now are a little bit dialed into Jared Parker's offense, and that's a problem. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can find some creativity moving forward here.
1: Yeah, creativity, and he's got to get some help from that receiver core. You did a deep dive this week that was really interesting on IrishIllustrated.com on all the receivers, and hopefully the bye week helps those guys to get a little more healthy because that has been an issue. The wide receiver's got to pick it up, though. Uh, Tim, one question. I'm just wondering, was there any kind of intel that you picked up uh, about Notre Dame's attitude going into the USC game, the, the week of preparations, as opposed to maybe what it was during the Louisville week? I know we always hear it's a good week of practice, but what did we hear behind the scenes?
0: Well, first of all, publicly, Jason Garrett and Jack Collins were about the team being angry after the Louisville loss because they, they, they looked at it as a, a blown opportunity. So you know, I think they eased into the week a little bit physically. But that is the one thing that we've seen. Mark, Mark, Marcus Freeman's been really good at getting his team to respond to adversity. The trickier part may be getting his team to respond to the good times a little bit better and that's what it always goes back to you know what Lou Holtz used to say it's just because you win doesn't mean that you don't have any problems you just have different problems and getting your team prepared amidst prosperity is tricky for a coach as well I dealt with that Uh, I dealt with that frequently as a high school baseball coach I understand that completely and it you know I mean they're still kids and it applies to Notre Dame as well but That's why I said I I had no, there was no doubt that they would be ready to play because Marcus Freeman does a great job of getting them to respond to adversity.
1: Respond to adversity. And he seems to have a a flair for getting ready for the big games as well. So, I mean, that's going to serve him well. But you got to be ready for every game. Tim, bye weeks. And guess what? We get to watch college football this week. What games this weekend are you looking forward to? What games should the, the Notre Dame fan who's, who needs a fix this weekend uh, be looking forward to on Saturday?
0: Yeah, I, I pinpointed a few that some of them are work related. Some of them are just, I mean, who doesn't want to see Penn State at Ohio State? I'm looking forward to that. Notre Dame's opponents, uh, two of the remaining opponents play each other. Pittsburgh's at Wake Forest. Uh, always want to see uh, Tennessee and Alabama. Tommy Reese, see what he can do against against Tennessee, and then there's some great games at night. Michigan at Michigan State, Duke at Florida State, uh, undefeated Florida State, and once beaten Duke. Of course, Notre Dame beat, beat them. Utah at USC. Utah beat USC twice last year. And then, of course, Clemson and Miami. Uh, Clemson coming up. Uh, Miami really, really needs to win that game. That could certainly change you know, how we view Notre Dame-Clemson. And then if I can uh, keep my eyes uh, open at uh, late night, UCLA at Stanford kicks off at 1030 Eastern time. And I, I want to get an eye on Stanford because Stanford obviously turned in a really fine comeback performance against Colorado. There's going to be a full
1: slate of really interesting games to watch on Saturday. And thanks, Tim, for Uh, setting that slate down for the fans out there. Uh, Tim, one more question that kind of gets inside, and it gets inside what Irish Illustrated is doing these days. Just great coverage after the games. You can tune in live now and hear you, Tim O'Malley, and John Bryce from Football Scoop talking after the games. Talk about that new coverage, expanded coverage that irishillustrated.com has.
0: Yeah, Phil, I mean, to be honest, we're a little bit behind times with that we felt it was necessary that we inserted that after games now I'm not on all of them because my first responsibility is to get our my snap judgments out uh to our paid subscribers and so I, I try to do that first but in certain situations I just have to set that aside and talk about what just transpired with Tim O'Malley and John Bryce Tim and John are on every week I try to pop in there I was on for the full show last week uh, gets to be the wee hours of the morning by the time we get to some of that stuff. But, and I know most of them, you know, that's now, that's now a podcast. So if you don't see it at, you know, one o'clock, one thirty in the morning, you can see it the next day. But yeah, we felt like we were a little bit behind the times on that. I've got a little bit less sleep going on these days, especially with these night games. But, uh, I think it's pretty good. It's some off the cuff stuff fresh from from the football field pretty much after press conferences.
1: Irish Illustrated overtime. Look for it fans. Go to irishillustrated.com. It's on their Facebook page and also on the YouTube channel for Irish Illustrated. You can get that feature and if you if you don't get it live and it's podcasted so you can always get it uh, the replay of it too and it's just great. I just love it uh, that analysis that you get shortly after the games. Thanks Tim. Coming up it's the all-time Irish Hero, Key to an Irish Victory, Injury Report, and the World Famous Irish Illustrated Prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 388th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg.
3: I don't speak for a lot of companies, but share McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Shearer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable.
1: Shearer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Recruited to N.D. as a wide receiver during his senior season in high school in Omaha, Nebraska, Xavier Watts caught 61 passes for 1,072 yards and 13 touchdowns. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes.
2: Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, available wherever beer is sold. D.G. Yingling & Son Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly.
0: Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host,
1: Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The 15th-ranked Irish are idle this week. It's a bye week. Next week, they'll host the Pitt Panthers. TV coverage on NBC for that game starts at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanderbilt, and Premier Pontoons. New and previously owned, we share your boating passion. And this season, we are focusing on the best defensive players of the last 20 years. So far this season, Harrison Smith, Manti Teo, Jalen Smith, Drew Tranquil, Aloe Gilman, and this week, Tavon Coney. A high-motor linebacker out of Palm Beach, Florida, Tavon Coney was one of the most sought-after prospects in the nation in 2014. Scholarship offers from schools far and wide, including Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. But he preferred to push his way out of his comfort zone, and he accepted Notre Dame's offer and was an early enrollee in January of 2015. Coney excelled on special teams in 2015 and saw more and more action as the season wore on. By midseason the next year, he had solidified his role in the middle of the Irish defense and ended the season with 62 total tackles, fourth best on the team. During 2017 spring practice, Coney took a big step forward under new defensive coordinator Mike Elko and position coach Clark Lee. The spring momentum carried through to the regular season and Coney had a monster year. He notched a team high, 116 tackles the most by any Notre Dame defender since Manti Teo in 2011, and he saved his best performance overall for the Citrus Bowl the last game of the season against LSU. That day, he had 17 tackles, the top mark of any bowl game defender that year. In his senior season, he picked right up where he had left off. He again led the Irish in tackles with 107 and was a key player on a team that ran to an undefeated regular season and the college football playoff. Just like in his junior year, he saved his best performance for last. In his last game of his Notre Dame career against Clemson in the CFP, he notched 16 tackles and a sack. After his ND career, Coney spent time with the Raiders and in the USFL. On the academic side, Coney was an outstanding student at Notre Dame, graduating in just three years with his degree in philosophy and business economics. Tim, Tavon Coney really thrived when Mike Elko and Clark Lee took over the Notre Dame defense.
0: He sure did, Phil. And, and to be very honest, I mean, most of us that were on the beat at that time didn't think that he was going to develop. But that tells you a little bit it's, uh, about Mike Elko and and, uh, and Clark Lee. And man, when he came on strong, it, it, it was big time. He was outstanding. You mentioned the 17 tackles in the bowl game. He was about as good as it gets for that, that span of time. He was just a fantastic linebacker for Notre Dame.
1: Yes, he was. Tavon Coney also has had success now with his business interests, including the Honora Whiskey brand, and he is the author of the book, Breaking Through the Barriers of Success. Tavon Coney, another Marina at Lake Age all-time Irish hero, The marina at Lake Cage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage early line on Pittsburgh. And we know it's two weeks away, but let's talk a little bit about them. Pitt, a solid 9-4 and a year ago. This week they play at Wake Forest. They have Sebo Flemingster, remember him? Now in his sixth collegiate season. Last offseason, Pitt brought in Phil Jerkovic, remember him? To be their quarterback. But things did not go well for the Panthers. They started this season one and four. Their only victory was against Wofford. And Jerkovic has been benched. And then a funny thing happened. Veteran coach Pat Narduzzi's Panthers went out last week and they knocked off Louisville thirty-eight to twenty-one. Yes, that Louisville that had had its way with Notre Dame just a couple weeks ago. Like we said, college football is crazy. So Tim, the Panthers now stand at two and four, pending this week's game. What is the Ashman Mortgage early
0: line on Pittsburgh? Phil, you mentioned that they bench Phil Jerkovic, and, and you mentioned Sebo Flemister, who's had his moments. Shane Simon, the former Notre Dame linebacker, is one of the captains of the Panthers as well. But uh, you know, they they outscored Louisville twenty-four to nothing down the stretch to win that game. They have struggled offensively. Christian uh, Vayer, the quarterback that they placed in in the starting lineup. Ahead of field Dr- Jerkovic Dr- Dr- completed less than fifty percent of his passes last week, but I know he hit a deep ball and did some really good things for them. So, you know, the one thing that you know about Pat Narduzzi's team is that defensively they're going to come and they're come to the game and they're going to be physical. Uh, a lot of press coverage, man-to-man coverage, which concerns you a little bit against Notre Dame's wide receiver core, which has been banged up. But uh, Narduzzi always puts out a very physical team. Notre Dame needed that week off. Hopefully they aren't too rusty when uh, you know when they get back on the field at Notre Dame Stadium at 3:30 next Saturday. But uh, all you know, Pat Narduzzi's teams are physical, and Notre Dame needs to be ready to play and match that physicality.
1: Pittsburgh. Always physical. Pat Narduzzi, always a joy to play against. He's quite always,
0: a, always cranky when it right. comes
1: to Notre Dame. Quite yeah. a, quite a character, to say the least. Mention that he's kind of benefiting from all those Notre Dame players that won a couple play for him this year. Interesting. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage early line on the Pittsburgh matchup after the bye week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report. Brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are they Irish health-wise? Any issues? And yeah, it's always good to have a buy because the Irish can always use some healing up.
0: I don't think that that I'm not aware of any uh, catastrophic major injuries out of the USC game, which is great. I mean, the two guys that everybody's keeping an eye on are Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse. The Jadens at at wide receiver. do they need those guys to be healthy. We can talk about their wide receivers not being productive, but when you take out Jaden Thomas, who was supposed to be the leader of the group, and Jaden Greathouse, who clearly is one of the best two or three wideouts outs on the team, uh, along with uh, Thomas and, and Chris Tyree and, and what he's been able to do, they just need those guys to be back and healthy so they can push the ball down the field a little bit give a little balance to that offensive game which has become a little bit predictable and and uh, between the tackle heavy at times.
1: Jaden Thomas especially, I heal that hamstring. We we need you Jaden Thomas. Notre Dame needs you to start contributing again. Thanks Tim and that is the Indiana Physical Therapy injury report. And it's now time for the world famous irishillustrated.com prediction brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester for the prediction that this week. Let's go game by game. Tell us just a, a quick word or two about each team and how you feel about the outcome. Then we'll have a final outcome on what the Irish final record might be. The Irish are now 6-2. and two. And next week it'll be Pittsburgh. They're two and four. What's the prediction on that?
0: Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be picking a Notre Dame win. I I think it could be a little sloppy, maybe for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, you you, you wait for a bye week, then you get to bye week, and then you're not quite as sharp. Maybe the next time. And I I think Pittsburgh's going to have a lot to do with that. But we will be will be picking a win over Pittsburgh. I would I would guess just off the top of my head that I would pick. Nordame to win and Pittsburgh to cover. And I'm not really sure, quite frankly, at this moment what the spread on that is, but it's obviously in double digits.
1: Okay, the Irish would go to seven and two, and then they go to Clemson. Clemson currently four and two. How do you see that one, Tim?
0: Well, I you know, I I Phil, I look at this as I think Dame's a better football team than Clemson is. I, I think, you know, we've got two really good defenses going up against one another. I think Notre Dame clearly has the better quarterback, the the more experienced quarterback. This is not going to be easy. I've been in that stadium. I know what it's like. I'm interested to see kickoff time, Phil. Uh, You don't want it to be at night. You prefer a day game. I'm likely to pick Notre Dame because I think they're the better football team, but obviously winning at Clemson will be very difficult. That'll be a tough one, but that
1: would make them 8-2. and Then the Irish have a bye, second bye of the season. Uh, That happens because Notre Dame played in week week zero before everybody else, way back a year ago. As Jadarian Price told us, it felt feels like when the game in Ireland took place. Uh, Wake Forest will be the next opponent at home. Wake Forest is currently three and three.
0: I have a ton of respect for Dave Clawson, their head coach. He's done, you know, he's pretty much a eight- or nine-win team, uh, he's, or Wake Forest is an eight- or nine-win team per year. Under him, generally speaking, I don't think they're going to make it there because uh, they got a guy named Mitch Griffiths as their quarterback, and they had some guy named Sam Hartman as a quarterback last year. So that's been a significant drop-off. One of their better receivers, they had three great receivers coming back. One suffered a preseason injury. It's not quite the Dave Clawson team we normally see. I'll be picking a Notre Dame win in that. Again, I'll be interested to see what the point spread is because I don't think it would be a shock if Wake Forest gave Notre Dame a game.
1: Yeah, that will probably happen, but still we're predicting a win there. That would be a 9-2 and two record for the Irish. And then the Irish will end the season at Stanford. Stanford 2-4 and four currently, but they made some noise, a lot of noise in the second half last week against Colorado. How do we see that one?
0: Troy Taylor is their new head coach. He had great success at Sacramento State. I think he's a quality coach. I think he will get that program to win to be able to pull out that game against Colorado after being down 29 to nothing at halftime. But they don't have enough for Notre Dame right now. This is a huge transition year for Stanford, as it is for Colorado, which is why they blew a a 29 to nothing halftime lead. But uh, a lot of respect for Stanford in the future. I think Notre Dame wins this game uh pretty handily, especially if Norden comes out of you know Clemson with a win and then they go into that last game at nine and two, I think Norden will be motivated to to finish strong in a regular season if, uh, if they can get to that point. Yeah well,
1: a 10 and two record sounds pretty darn good and that should get the Irish into a pretty good bowl. What's it look like a 10 and two team uh, where they might end up?
0: There's a lot of traffic to get through to a to a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I, I know that a lot of people look at that and say, Nordame 10-2, and two. well, of course, they're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl bid, but there's there are only four spots. Uh, there are teams like Texas and Penn State, and I know Penn State plays Ohio State this week. Nordame fans, you want Ohio State to win. Um, Alabama, Oregon, teams like that, there are only four at-large bursts In in those uh, in those three New Year's six bowls. So Notre going to need some help. Certainly if they go 10 and two with wins over USC and Clemson, uh, they will be in a good spot. But there's a lot of traffic up ahead of them right at this point.
1: How about the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa against LSU? Re, yeah. Did I hear this? Yeah. Possible. The Relia- <laughs> Doesn't a guy named Brian Kelly coach there? Oh my god. Yeah, gosh.
0: ReliaQuest Bowl was in the running last year. We talk about that a lot. That is a January first game in Tampa. If Notre Dame gets a bid there, if they don't make a New Year's six bowl at, at ten and two, they would get a bid to the nine and three, they would get a bid to the Reliquest Bowl. And if they don't get the New Year's Six, they would get a bid. To the Reliquest Bowl at 10 and 2. And yes, it is a matchup against the SEC. And right now, Brian Kelly's team is at 5 and 2. There's a very realistic possibility. How much fun would that be, Phil? Oh, I just think that, that that just makes me smile, Notre Dame against Brian Kelly in Tampa it on makes, January 1.
1: It makes me smile, but it also makes me a little queasy. That would be really spicy. Thanks, Tim. We will talk to you next week. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com, and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.
2: Podcasts by Federated Media.